You are now into film. I see, mate. You're fond of me, lobster. Molly, you in danger, girl. Your ass looks like about 150 pounds of cute bubble gum pile. You know that? Say it, sir. I'm leaving you, people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? What is going on, everybody? Welcome to I Film Code. My name is Phineas Clouden, and I am joined by the great, fresh out of bed, Zach Sneath. Zach, how are you, sir? <laughs> hey, Phoenix. Doing good, man. Uh, just super excited to get to talk about this film. I feel like I've been waiting on this forever, so it's nice to uh, know that I finally get to talk about it. So, yeah. All right. Excellent. And this week, we are joined once again by our friend and special guest host, uh host of the nostalgia cast welcome back dw lundberg darren how are you sir i am doing fantastic it's good (laughs) it's so good to see you guys (laughs) our last conversation that we had was like yeah i I remember like we recorded the episode and then for an hour after we just talked yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so it was like wow this is fantastic so i've been (laughs) aching to get back on here to chat with you guys so yeah it's good to be back Excellent. We got a great film to talk about, too. So mm. uh, we are talking about The Fablemans, directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, this one is a, what, semi-autobiographical, I, I, autobiographical? There it is. Biographical <laughs> 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 film about uh, Spielberg's uh, childhood and and his love of movies and where that came from and the craft and where it came from and also a bit about his family uh so this was a very interesting one this movie won uh the tiff's people's choice award at uh toronto international film festival this year uh it is looking like the front runner for best picture uh which is part of the reason why i was definitely excited to see it um but yeah let's go on and look at uh your first impressions, your overall impressions, I mean, non-spoiler of The Fablemans. Zach, why don't you kick us off? Uh, Non-spoiler, okay. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. Uh, this is probably my favorite film this year by far. I think, uh, yeah, I think a lot of other movies beat, and uh, it would take a lot for something to beat this. I know we still have quite a few um you know potential best pictures coming out um there's a lot of competition still but as of right now from everything i've seen i would definitely say this is the number one movie of the year right now wow all right (laughs) yeah darren what are your overall thoughts well i don't know like i don't have time to go out and see as many movies as you guys obviously i've only seen maybe four movies oh dear (laughs) so but so i don't know if i'm like uh you know the guy to say like accurately judge stuff but you know uh, this is exciting because this is my first time talking spielberg is my favorite not just living but all-time direct favorite director just he's able to see inside my soul <laughs> I guess that means, and project it up on screen and so just being able he's and he's intensely personal and so it, it, this movie is probably maybe his most personal out of anything he's ever so obviously it's very strong um i'm it's a movie i'm still 
processing, like being an instant reaction. Like usually I have time to like the, the movies that we talk about on Nostalgia Cast, I've had, you know, they've been decades, been out for mm-hmm. decades. And so everybody has an opinion. And so this is just interesting watching the movie last night. I'm still processing it, but I know that it's so strong that just thinking about it, I'm still going through permutations in my head of what different things mean. And so that's a good sign of a good movie. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but it's if you know 10 years down the line, I'm going to be looking at this movie different than I see now, instead of just being, oh, I'll just brush it off and that's it. Like, uh, you know, the typical um, blockbuster that's out these days. So yeah, it's definitely a strong movie. And um, like I said, I don't know if I'm the correct man to say if this is the best movie of the year, but it's definitely the most personal <clears throat> that, that I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, when I say I walked <clears throat> into this movie with zero expectations, I mean, I'm 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 not a big Spielberg guy. I've only recently come into appreciating what Steven Spielberg has done over the over this over my entire life. Honestly, I just just saw Jaws. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like just recently. So like probably one of his biggest, most notable blockbusters. I just got around to seeing. I also just got around to seeing Jurassic Park for the first time. Like Whoa. Yeah. again, you know, saying a, one of his big blockbusters. So like my appreciation for Spielberg is sort of coming late uh, in life. You know, for me, the only Spielberg I really gravitated towards was Saving Private Ryan and yeah and uh, uh, Minority Report, two of my favorite movies. Um, but now I'm, I'm more engrossed in, in what he does, more engrossed in his style. I'm more appreciative of him as a director. And so walking into The Fablemans, I was really kind of just like, okay, you know, I know this guy's one of the greatest directors of all time, but what what have you done for me lately? Really, really was the thought process like, okay, because I was not a fan of Ready Player One at all. Like, didn't like that movie at all. So I was like, as, as, as your most recent film kind of disappointed me. And, and West Side Story, which I was like, yeah, he did some cool things with it, but again, wasn't a great, wasn't like moved by it. So um, that's where I was at. Like your last two that I've seen, haven't really wowed me. So I was like, okay, what are you giving me this time? And I walked out of this film going, God damn it, if Spielberg isn't the greatest director of all time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. these, like, this was <laughs> fantastic. Like, like, absolutely fantastic. This is one of those films that just like, it's, it's crazy to me because I'm like, so often, I'll see a film that everybody's just ranting and raving and, and loving. And I watch it and I go, there's nothing in this film for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just nothing here, nothing I can relate to, nothing that I can appreciate, nothing. And this is a, exactly that. There's nothing in this film that speaks specifically to me or my life experience or anything I've done. And yet it was so well done that I was hanging on every single moment. And like that, that to me is something like only a talented, if not the greatest director of all time could ever pull off is a story that has absolutely nothing to do with my life and yet makes me feel so incredibly connected to it. Uh, so that was, that was how I felt about this film. 
And I'm kind of right there with Zach uh, when I say like, this is definitely tops my list for the films that I've seen this year. And, I, and you and I have both seen a lot of films and yeah, this is up there. Like this is up there in, in the upper echelon of my favorite films of the year. So <laughs> kudos. <laughs> all right. So overall impressions, we all seem to be pretty much on the thumbs up side. Uh, so we are going to go ahead and break the seal and talk spoilers. If you haven't seen the Fablemans, can't stress it enough, run out and, and do it right now. You can listen to this as soon as you get back and you can hear our thoughts on it. All right. So let's go ahead and break the seal and talk spoilers. Darren, what do you have on the Fablemans? Okay. Well, like I said, it, it's funny because Spielberg kind of gets, um, he was so popular and so huge coming right out of the gate mm -hmm. and so like uncanny with the way he was able to kind of tap into the, what people wanted to watch in movies or didn't know that they wanted to watch. And so just he like hit after hit after hit after hit, it just became to the point where uh, you're going to get some pushback. People are going to start pushing and that happened. Like, can this guy do anything else? You know, after Raiders, after Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And I think about the time that Empire of the Sun and uh, Color Purple hit, like that was when people were pushing back and, you know nitpicking and, and not really like as much in love with him as they were when he was first when he first started and that's natural like i guess so phoenix you're being able to not come on like not being able to come into spielberg and his uh over or however you want to say it, it late that makes sense because mm -hmm. there, there might be some pushback or there's so many other filmmakers that it's kind of hard to you know it, he's kind of maybe the the citizen kane of directors it's like yeah I, people call him the greatest director of all time and so i don't really want to deal with that right now you know, <laughs> right. i'm gonna deal with all these and i'll come to these later but it's funny watching like i said like his first few movies just the way that he, his pacing and his character work and the way his shots and and you know making the the, the fakest animatronic in the world feel like a shark like just yeah. his innate yeah ability to do that has always been something and like i said like he's able to pull things out of my memory and the way that i think to the point where it's like how is this guy doing this like <laughs> how is this guy and i know like phoenix you said that it's not like personal like you don't take and and that's that's fine there's nothing wrong with that it's just yeah. for me spielberg is the guy that that he's able to do that for me and so there's always something like my favorite spielberg movies are always going to be the ones that um, affect me most personally like Jurassic Park is great and it's it's perfectly made but there's nothing in that movie per se that's me mm -hmm. um, I just like it's it's very well done and so it it Jurassic Park doesn't make my top 10 even though I th think it's a great uh, movie but like something like E.T. or um, even you know AI artificial intelligence which mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like but that's my favorite Spielberg movie because th there's a part at the end where he goes the 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 David character goes in to see his mother and the, the room is bathed in this gold glow and he goes and he talks to her. And I was watching this movie. That's my child, like being an only child and not having a dad around. My mom on Sundays when I was a little kid would call me into a room and we would just lie in bed and just talk about our week. And so yeah. when I was watching the, in that movie and realizing if nobody's, if people haven't seen AI, if once I realized what was happening, what that whole scene at the end meant, I was a blubbering mess for the rest of that movie. But a lot of people aren't going to get that same feeling. I walked out of AI thinking this is, that's that last part, especially is my life. How does he do this? And it's the same thing here. So I'm going on a really long tangent explaining all this, but it's like, 
there's a part of the beginning, you know, when uh, baby Sammy or not baby, like seven year old Sammy, he, they go to see the greatest show on earth. And there's a scene where the train runs into the car or whatever. And it's just, it affects him in a way that he has to film it. Right. And he has to, and he can't explain it. And there's a part and I'll, I'll go on a little roundabout way too. It's like with jaws, jaws is the movie that made me fall in love with movies. I've mentioned this on our podcast before. So it's not just like I'm spitballing this now. I've said this before, Jaws of the movie where the first time I saw it as a kid, it scared me. I identified with the Brody character and I couldn't figure it out as a five or seven year old watch. I, like, why is this thing that I'm watching on a screen? Why is this affecting me like this? Why am I identifying with this character? Why am I so terrified? Why is he tapping into my fears of being eaten by something, you know, and all this stuff. And so that's when I started studying movies. I, Spielberg was the first director's name that I learned. What does this guy do? Like, where did he come from? Like, how do they put this movie together? So I know all the history of Jaws and diving into that and the Peter Benchley books because I had to figure out what that meant and why it enraptured me, right? So the part where he's filming his trains and I almost started bawling because uh, I couldn't believe it, but when he's trying to film it and the, the parents, Mitzi and uh, Bert, right? They're trying to figure out why he's doing this. And Mitzi goes, he's trying to control it. He oh. wants some control. And I was like, holy shit <laughs> like there's another connection that i did not expect and it's again i'm not going to walk into a spielberg movie thinking it's going to be a master class every time yeah i'm a little bit biased but there are movies that he's made that i do not like that i flat out do not like right. because he's just off it's just something that's not working from the very beginning for me but when he connects with me and just for the rest of the movie that's where i was hooked because i was like this is like i'm i'm in like he's got he's got me and so i was just amazed that there was another connection that I never knew that we had together. Um, so yeah, it Fableman's from that perspective, like I said, I'm going to be kicking myself after this conversation ends because of things that I just thought of that we didn't <laughs> talk about. Right. And there are going to be things that I'm going to say that I'm going to redact that I've changed my mind. Well, that right. didn't quite mean this. And so, yeah, roundabout way, like, Spielberg is just so it means so much to me and this is just a movie I don't like I said it, it's going to settle I don't, I don't know where this settles in my top Spielberg films of all time but it's definitely like I said it's most personal so that's definitely going to tie in in a way and so that's that's my main thing I'm going to process things like the plot and the acting later but as of right now like uh, I, I'm in like this is a movie I'm going to be thinking about for a while and so yeah it's 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 great, <laughs> it's great. Zach what about you? Yeah, I'm going to uh, touch on that train scene where they talk about getting control over, you know, what he fears. I think that's that's true for so many of us, right? Like, when we don't understand why we're scared of something, like, we yeah. go into it even more. And I think that's very humanistic. And, I mean, that's really relatable to just about anyone. So the fact that he can portray that on screen is is incredible because it's it's a very hard thing to do. But the fact he's able to relay it with um, such, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I guess just how simple it is, right? Oh. Like, it's just so simple the way he's relaying the message. As a, you know, as him growing up as a kid, I think that's that's what makes that part really beautiful in this movie. Um, it's not something crazy he's trying to do. It's just him redoing the scene from the movie and trying to take control over it and then filming it to capture it, which I thought was super, super cool. Um, and then I guess I really liked the entire thing, the whole dynamic with him and his family, like 
the way that they did that in the movie, um, I guess, I don't know if it's necessarily relatable for everyone, but just like the way that you can see, like it wasn't always this glamorous life, right? For him to like grow up in. Like it was like, no, they had real issues just like anyone else. The family's, and you know, family's not perfect. And I think that part of it is relatable. And there are things like that that happen. And that's also, you know, really relatable. I think just a lot of things that he does in this movie is very, it captures what it is to be human. And I think that's why everyone loves it. See, <clears throat> yeah, I, man, both of you guys just touched on everything I loved about this film. Like that scene with the train is probably the scene that that hooked me right mm -hmm. right right from the get uh jaws like i said jaws is one of the first films i like the biggest blockbuster of, of spielberg's career that i've seen recently and the thing that impressed me so much about that movie was the craft right mm -hmm. just the skill in which he was able to get these incredible shots build this tension just the camera work, the, the the editing, it was all so smooth, so layered, so detailed. It was ridiculous. It was down to like a science. And so like watching this film and seeing how he's able to uh, recreate the scene from a movie that he, he watched and how he has to do it multiple times. He already knows at, at a young age, he has to do it multiple times to get multiple angles to see it from a different way so that he can control it. And I was just like, that is such skill. You know what I'm saying? Like that that to me was just so impressive to be uh drawn to something like that and be able to to manipulate it to to your benefit. And that's something that happens throughout the film constantly. It, it's a thing that we come back to over and over again because of how he he basically uses film to control the others around his other people around his life and i just thought like so brilliant like like so brilliant just on a technical level um the way that he connects to his stories and to to the people around him through this art form um i love what you said zach about it being a very humanistic story cuz it is it absolutely is that's that's the thing that I think draws me to this film so much is that while yes, like it's it's giving you the love of film, it's also giving you like this this other side of film which where which is ugly and brutal and harsh and heartbreaking. And then there's also this the story of his family, which is so genuinely sweet, touching, heartfelt, and at the same time devastating like mm. really just like tearing apart at, at everything one of my favorite scenes i'm sorry if i'm skipping so far ahead but like <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is when they finally reveal that the parents are splitting up and everyone's upset about it and he's standing off in the corner and he looks up and he sees himself filming that scene and i was yeah. like that's disturbing <laughs> like like that's one of the most disturbing things ever because you see like this is a family that's coming apart and all he can think about is the angles and the shots in which that would really pop on a screen. And I'm like, wow, like that's someone who's so lost and so committed 
to this art form that he can't take a real moment and appreciate it as real. He has to film it. And and to and again, going back to that first thing with the train, to get control of it. That's how he that's mm. essentially how he copes with it. Just so incredibly brilliant, so incredibly layered. It it was it was insane. Well, the thing that's interesting about that, you're right. Like that was when he sees himself in the mirror or whatever. It's like, yeah. and then, but it cuts back. What's the name of the actor? Gabriel Lavelle, right? Mm -hmm. Who's looks so much like Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that at times I was like, is this his son? Like yeah. they were just shot. I was like, what is happening? Like, how is he getting this? Like what? But like, what's great about that Phoenix is it cuts back to Lavelle's face, and I think it to me at least it crossed his eyes like even he was kind of disturbed by it yeah, you know what i mean like yeah. why this is a moment that's going to shatter me why am i looking at it from, from these which you know if, if being creatives and things like that i've had arguments with my wife sometimes where she'll be talking and my i won't realize it but my brain will start going off and start editing something like Ooh. in my head or something and she'll like catch me with and so <laughs> i i totally get that it's what is it the the, the the Judd Hirsch character who comes in and he's like, you know, you're going to be wrestling with this. Like, are you going to, um, what, what do I mean? Like, are, are, are you, what are you going to, to commit your life to? Like, once you have this dream, you need to settle on that and really mm. grab it. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're going to be battling with it. You're going to be battling with your family. Like what's important to you? Like what's going to take precedence in your life. Right. And so I, <laughs> the, it's so layered uh, that goes through the whole movie. And so that's, and Spielberg in his life now, like I think he's kind of has the balance because there are reports like he'll be on set, but he'll by five o'clock, he'll be home mm -hmm. eat dinner with his family. So he's got that balance going, but again, he's in a place where I'm Steven Spielberg. We're going to be done at five o'clock. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know what I mean? So right. he's, not all of us are, are quite there yet. I just think that, yeah, you're right. Like that scene, it, it, the movie doesn't shy away from the ugliness of things the the way that he discovers holy cinema <laughs> like when he's when when sammy is going through or whatever and he's figuring out like he can see in the background um uh crud what's his name benny right he can see mitzi and benny in the background holding hands or canoodling or whatever mm. and that whole scene and it lasts for like five seemed like five ten minutes where and it's just cinema there's no and you can see what's going on in his brain they don't shy away from that ugliness they don't shy away from what people are thinking and so that's I don't know, man, like being able to do that and not just be, but it, it, it's still filtered like the Kaminsky uh, cinematography. It's still filtered like dreamlike, like a memory, right? Mm -hmm. So it's still got this like fantasy kind of gleam on it, but it's still, there's a bunch of ugliness in here that I'm glad that the movie didn't, uh, didn't shy yes. away from. And, and like, I love the Judd Hirsch character. Like, I, I like, it's so funny because I heard so much buzz coming out of Tiff like you know and still even now like Judd Hirsch is is being pushed for best supporting actor and I was like he literally has like five minutes yeah. of screen time <laughs> like not even joking like legit five minutes and he owns it and, right oh, he, he absolutely owns. owns it it's it's incredible but I was like five minutes <laughs> like I'm like <laughs> five minutes and like his it, the, the the points that he gets across is is threaded through the entire film so yeah. i get it his impact is bigger than his actual screen time but five minutes <laughs> like i'm just like i don't know i think that's a stretch but i'm like i get it because the the idea that he's presenting in that moment 
is precisely what uh, this film sort of just gets at. And he does an excellent job of, this, this is Spielberg right here, just doing an excellent job of, you know, you know that saying, show, don't tell? Yep. Spielberg is so good that he can tell you and you still be like, that was amazing. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like that's how good it is. It's like, it's a tell scene and yet it works almost like a show scene. Like yeah. that, that to me is just, it, it's impressive to like all degrees. And like, to me, like, it's just crazy to me knowing this guy, you know, the, the films that I'm most familiar with, you know, the Saving Private Ryan's and, and Minority Reports and Hook and, uh, you know, Indiana Jones and stuff like that. And I'm like, these, this, this is the style that I know this guy to be familiar in. And yet he can just go to any style, any form of, of, of artistic expression and deliver one of the best films you've ever seen in that genre. I just think that's incredible. And like throughout this, this, this movie, we see him making his films with his friends and they're all like you know different levels of of kind of goofy and silly and nonsensical and then you start to see them evolve right mm -hmm. like that first film they do is kind of really cheesy kind of really corny and then that next the western one, yeah the right? western when they when they actually are shooting guns and he <laughs> makes it look real i was like wow but then like it leads up to him doing the the film for the ditch day and that one is even more like skilled and professionalized. And you start to see like his growth and his evolution just in doing these small shorts for, you know, just as side projects. And it's just the level of craft. Like I know still, I know Spielberg wasn't trying to like blow up his own ass, but like, you gotta be impressed <laughs> at the yeah. fact that like, you know, this is something he was thinking of when he was a kid and just the way that he created and crafted these stories and these films to look believable, to, to sound correct, to get the right emotions and stuff like that. Uh, there's a scene, one of my favorite scenes, is he's talking to an actor and he's like, you know, you, you, you're seeing all the, these men die and you know, you're the reason that they're dead. And like the actor's like, what? You know, not really getting it. And like, then he starts emoting like, it's your fault. You know what I'm saying? And he, and he <laughs> yeah. gets the, the actor to go to that place with him. I'm like, that is just great. It's just great. Like, again, I don't know if this is how Spielberg actually works, but it, it's fantastic just to witness. And that's just a great element of this story that I love. Well, you're, you're talking about the scene with, with, uh, with Judd Hirsch, right? Um, his uncle, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not just, it's a mixture of things. It's the acting. Hirsch's acting is so good. It's the writing. Kushner's and Spielberg's writing is so good. It's the way that it's shot. Again, shot through this like dreamlike filter. It's it's And it's the theme of the movie that's being tackled. Mm -hmm. So what you're talking about, it's exposition. It's not really exposition, but it's, it's giving you the idea and feeding you, telling you the idea of the movie. But Spielberg is like that with everything. I think the a lot of people's pushback with him is he's so sentimental and so forward and he he doesn't take like the subtlety or the 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 weird undercurrent like a fincher or something like that that people right. look for and he's in your face with it and sometimes i think that doesn't work sometimes that's what i mean sometimes it's like too much or it, it, i don't quite jibe with it but i think this time 
it works because of the themes that are being presented. You know what I mean? And, and you're talking about like the innate quality that he's able to fight, like being able to punch holes in the film to get the, the muzzle flashes of the guns, mm. just that innate quality. And I know that the interesting thing is he could have just used his old uh, eight millimeter films like that he shot because he has these, but instead he recreated obviously because you can do the thing where you have like you, you break reality and you show like in once upon a time in Hollywood where Margot Robbie goes to see Sharon Tate, like in a movie or whatever. Mm. And it breaks the, it breaks that fourth wall. So you can do that and kind of break that reality. But his it sentimentalizes it in a way where he shoot reshoots those scenes himself, but that's how he imagines the movie in his head, even though that's not the way we see it, right? So him sentimentalizing Spielberg sentimentalizing the way that he shoot shot those movies and redoing it. That's again, I think that folds in with the story that's being told. It's it's perfectly um presented to us because of the subject matter. Again, it's just being able to drive with that. I just think it's like you're right it's it's fascinating <laughs> watching spielberg on on the screen here yeah and i think also anyone who is a fan or very into the arts can relate a lot to what um judd hirsch is saying Ooh. in that scene where it's like you have to choose between art and family and it's not going to be easy and yeah. They're going to want you to do one thing and you're going to want to do another and it's going to tear you in two. Like, I think that's that's very true because there's a lot of fans, um, especially for someone who would go into the arts as far as whether it's film or, um, you know, even sometimes even just graphic design or, you know, something like that. I think that not many families are that accepting of the arts because they're worried that, you know, maybe you know, their kid won't make it, but if that's what they're passionate about, then they, you know, try to follow that. Cause I've, I've seen that a lot with a lot of my friends who are into the arts, you know, it's not necessarily that everyone is always understand this understanding family of it. You know, they want them to be an engineer or a doctor or a nurse or something practical, but they can't help it because that's what they love doing. And I think what he did was really great with that scene because I think a lot of people in the arts community can relate to that or being misunderstood by their family. Oh yeah. Uh, that's yeah. that's an in, right? That's that's <laughs> that's everybody. If you're a creative, if you're a content creator, whatever, whatever you're doing, if you're a filmmaker, that's a way that you can latch on the movie. And if you don't, if that's not something that you struggle with, like trying to balance art and family, it's like, congrats to you, man, because you're obviously <laughs> much better off than I am. You know what I mean? So I think that's definitely something that yeah. is identifiable. All this all this other stuff with the divorce and things like that, that's something that you might, or, or filmmaking, that's not something that you might latch onto. Again, when they're shooting that war scene, I got such a kick out of when he when he shoots that soldier like you're talking about, Phoenix. Yeah. And they they pull and you see him pull back and you see all the kids and that are lying on the ground like get up and run around behind the camera mm -hmm. and then lie down in front of the camera because my friends and I like Johnny and I like we shot movies just like that where we did that stuff and so that's another way for me to connect to it. and a lot of people won't do that because they didn't make home movies or whatever but right. just that that balancing art what you what you love doing versus family it's like that's that's definitely something to latch onto like immediately no matter who you are absolutely and like yeah like and that's what i mean like there's moments where they show the the craft of it all and it's and you love it and it's very creative and then there are moments where they show the heartbreak of it all right where the, the messiness of it all um 
I love there's a scene um trying to remember uh there's a scene where maybe this is later in the film um but you know he he's he's basically trying to cope with the 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 fact that his family is broken right it, it's shattered and and this is a situation where he really doesn't have any control over it, right? Like he doesn't have any control over it. He wants to, you know, do his craft. He absolutely wants to do his craft, but you know, he he's loyal to his father and he, you know, he really appreciates his father for everything that he's done and shown him. And that concept of being torn in two different directions really gets explored because it's like, there's something that you're good at right and then there's something that you love and it's 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 two totally different things and you you really don't know which way to go and oftentimes the one that you love will tear will tear you just apart as much as the one that you're good at and battling those things i think like you said like that's that's your way in whatever your way in is in this film it's it's available to you whether it's filmmaking whether it's the 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 tragedy of of you know dealing with your your family and your your love of art whether it's you know that great christian girl who you know <laughs> you know didn't treat you right the first time whatever like you know there's a way in for i think everybody to find their way into this movie that you know isn't isn't like easy and available it isn't like force fed to you it's literally you got to find your own way through this film. And I think there's multiple avenues through it to which people can find relatability in it. Like to me, obviously wanting to be a filmmaker, that was, that was my draw in, in seeing the craft and how it was achieved and how it was accomplished to me. Like every, every scene where they're shooting is eye candy to me, you know what I'm saying? Like absolute eye candy. And anytime they're talking film, just, juicy i ate it up every time one of my favorite scenes is when they're uh uh it's when he's showing his uh ditch day film and the people's response to it right like and it's so funny because it's contrasted with with how he feels at the moment and this is what i mean like the 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 heartbreak of filmmaking is he made something that everybody loved everybody loved everybody appreciated they hooted and hollered about it they celebrated when they were on screen. And at that time, he's like, yeah, this was fun to make. But like now all of a sudden, you know, there's expectation. There's there's, you know, this unwanted attention. There's like, you know, no one cares about what I'm going through right now at the moment. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just all about the film. And like, you see just how that does a person who loves this craft is like, yeah, I created something that people like. But at the same time, that's all they like and they don't really care about anything else. And that like that to me is like that was the thing where I was like, yes, like I completely see myself right now. <laughs> yeah, I, what, what I it's interesting because like his like you said, his filmmaking, that's the way that he uh, connects with people. Right. I don't know if so the scene where they're they're shooting um, Escape to Nowhere. Right? And like you, the, the scene you mentioned where he's talking to that actor, I think maybe there's a backstory where he was bullied by that person in real life. And so just the way he's able to 
take him and say, no, this is, and he connects with them because he's, like you said, he's able to like get into his head and say, this is you, like, this is you, like take ownership of this. And so that's how he connects with people. It's interesting, again, that the, the autobiographical side of this is Spielberg has that same thing. It's like he made these blockbusters. And after a while, like I mentioned, people just, is this all this guy can do? Yeah, he's trying with Empire of the Sun. Yeah, he's trying with the color purple, but it's not, it's not working. Like he's, Ooh. he's, so people were like pushing back against him. And I think finally when, schindler's list hit that was the movie that made those people that disrespected him that's the movie that made people all of a sudden respect him because i know people are coming around and saying this is where he became the adult filmmaker and finally found his voice as both the, the blockbuster and trying to you know tie those blockbuster adult sensibilities together and so as a as a person in real life just wanting to be assimilated into groups like he's obviously he's an outsider being jewish at the time and so he wants to be able to and movies was the way that he was able to do that. And you see that again and again and again to the point where his family's broken. And I do want to, we have to talk about the family dynamics because we brought it up, but his family's broken and he stops filming, right? He finds out that his mom's having an affair. He like he gives up his camera, even though the, the uncle gives it back to him or, or buys him a new camera, stuff like that. So he's given it up. He says, I'm not going to do it. And so when they move to, um, they moved to, is it California? That's where they move at the very end, right? Mm-hmm where they move and all of a sudden he encounters all the anti-Semitism and stuff and he can't deal with it. He's getting beat up. It's the, it's the roughest part. And maybe the, the part that's too, I don't know, too self-indulgent of the movie. That's the most self-indulgent part because all of a sudden now I've got to bring my, my Jewish culture. And even though it was kind of planted, but not really talked about before now we're really going to lay into it, but still he's losing control. And the way that he gets it back is, you know, the girlfriend or whatever. I really like, uh, what was her name? I can't remember her name. Uh, Monica. She's adorable. <laughs> just the way that she's just a free spirit. And, you know, when they show up at prom and she's like, hold your breath. And she like sprays her. Oh, that was really cute. She's like a breath of fresh air to the point where when he asked her to move with them, she's like, That's, I'm too much of a free spirit. I can't. So like, it kind of ties in with his parents. But just, just the way that, uh, you know, he's when he shows that film, and again, there's like a, a Lenny Riefenstahl kind of quality to the way he's showing the bodies of the jocks and how they're running and the, the muscles and things like that. And the way that the people respond to Logan and that scene at the end where he's like, why did you do that? Like, I'm, I've been nothing but a shit to you. Like, why did you make me look like a god? And he, Sammy can't explain it. He's like, I don't know. Like, maybe I wanted you to be nice. Wanted you to be nice to me. I don't know how I'm doing this. It's like maybe I just wanted to. But he, the way that he recaptures his film after he's lost his way, his filmmaking craft, that helps him get get in, back in his correct headspace. That helps him win the right people back. I just thought that was very, you know, again, uh, that whole thing, like you talked about, Phoenix, ties to the whole movie. It's about and 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 uh, Zach about control it ties into the whole movie where he loses his way and then he, he finds it again to get control back. And it's just, it's, I credit a lot to Kushner being able to, as a playwright, being able to get these emotions and get the, the logistics of, of everything. Right. But yeah, it's so powerful the way all that's threaded through the movie. Yeah. While I was watching that movie, I was asked uh, during that scene with Logan, um, why is he, why is he getting upset? And I said, there's a lot of complex emotions going on right now with why he's upset. And yeah. I was like, I can't really explain it fully, but I, I understand why he may feel that way. Just straightforward, like, oh, he made me look good, right? That I, you know, I appreciate that. I mean, there's a lot of internal things he's dealing with too. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, 
you know, he probably, you know, has this negative image of himself and that's why he acts the way he does. Mm, yeah. And so he probably doesn't even think that he's, you know, this great athlete and he's just, not, you know, I don't, they don't really talk about Logan's family yeah. dynamic. Right? right. But you can kind of tell, like, he looks down on himself like he's not good enough. Right. And mm-hmm. the, like, he's just shocked. And now he feels like the weight of this expectation of, oh, wow, like, I am like, he made me look like a great athlete, but in his head, he's not right. right. He's just like, he's just a, n- another guy, but he really is this great athlete. I, and I, fact, I, people expect that he gets scared and, yeah. you know, upset and frustrated. I love that scene so, so much. <laughs> I yeah, swear I to talk God, about that. Yeah. I love it so much because like you said, it's so many it's so many things at once, right? And that's why Logan, he really can't even express it, why he's upset. Like, there, there's one thing and then there's another. It's it's multiple reasons, right? One is like, now I have to live up to this expectation that you put on me. Like, mm-hmm. now everybody's going to want to see that guy. There's you know no way saying? back. And there's yeah. no way, there's no way back. He's like, how am I supposed to do that, number one? And he's like, and he's like, did you do that to make me look good? Or did you do that to put me in this position? Like, <laughs> like you legit screwed me over because obviously I screwed you over. And it's like, but it's like, or did you do that because you like you made you you just lionized me? Like, you know what I'm saying? How am I supposed to live up to that? And at the same time, he's like, why would you lionize me? Because I've been such a, a a shit to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's so many complex things and then there's like yeah we don't know much about logan's life like all we know is like he's kind of a dick he's 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 cheated on his girlfriend he does seem like he has a a low opinion of himself uh and so like then he gets to see himself as big as 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 ever and now he's like what do i do like am i that guy like could I be that guy? You know what I'm saying? Do I have to be that guy from now on? And it's just like, it's amazing. And then I think, I think to like, you know, today, like how we lionize uh, actors and, you know, performers and stuff. And we're like, yeah, you played a great character, but you could be a total D bag in real life. You know what I'm saying? Like we have no idea because we just seen this performance that you delivered, which was excellent. It was incredible. And now we're looking at you, in that way instead of who you are as an actual person so like again just so many layers to that scene i just love it so much i yep. also really appreciate when uh after and well i forget what the the other bullies his name oh, the little chad guy. was it chad his name, yeah, chad? yeah. <laughs> yep chad mm-hmm. yeah the real douchebag right you know when chad <laughs> came by and um he basically comes back to try to kick his ass and, you know, uh, he stands up for him. I, I really like that moment. And then at the end, when, uh, like, you know, he's like, oh, you've never smoked before. And he's giving him, like, weed. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was that was a fun scene. And I, th- I think the ending where he's like, you didn't see me cry, okay? <laughs> he's like, don't worry, I'm I'm not gonna make a movie about this. <laughs> like, I, that was, I, I had, I, I have to think that 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 is a, a real actual person. thing that happened. Yeah, right. like that's a real person. That, that's because gotta be. Yeah. <laughs> that's that that now. Right. It's so great. 
I'm like, yeah. and it, it makes me laugh too, because I'm like, what if he like waited till now and was like, okay, dude, it's been like, you know, 50 years. Can I, can I tell the story? <laughs> like, like, I feel like, feel like that, that definitely really happened. Well, we're in a different place now where, where you would not necessarily look down your nose at a, at a jock having feelings you know what i mean so it's, it's it's a different era we're living in now the thing that i a couple things that i really love about that scene number one what, what is it? Uh, sam reckner i think is the, Logan, mm -hmm. the actor's name just such a good job what's great about it is all this stuff that we're talking about it's never fully spelled out it's never right. spoken in words but we're all getting it all of us are getting that that's what's happened there are these conflicting emotions that even logan can't put into words it's the same thing when you watch a movie that changes your life. You can't put into words why, but you have to get control over it. You've lost control somehow, and you've got to find your way back. So that that definitely ties in. I like that. So when, when he beats up Chad, it's not so much, Zach, I don't know. It's not so much that he's defending Sammy in a way, but he's also like fighting back against the stigma that he created for himself. It's like, mm. get out of here. Like, I don't want to be this a part of this life anymore like i'm embarrassed oh, yeah. by this and he sort of like yeah. accepts the the, the lionization that he that he's been put on himself like yeah it's like i have to he live up that. to that now yeah right and then the last thing i love is sammy and logan are never going to be hanging out together they're never going to be best friends where they mm -hmm. do stuff because they're so different but they get a connection and you there's a chemistry all of a sudden between them or yeah as i could talk about where they're trying to share the weed and He's explaining to him it's just it, it makes you realize you've lost control and then you realize it doesn't matter and then sammy's like well i don't need to do it because i've already know i'm out of control stuff like oh. that and so they they have a connection he goes i got to go back and, and find claudia i think that's a girlfriend's name oh. and they flip each other off it's kind of like a term of endearment to say that yeah we're never going to be friends but we do have this connection and if it wasn't for the filmmaker for for sammy stepping up and being the filmmaker they never would have had that and this would have kept going um, so it's all about that assimilation. It's all about the acceptance. It's all about the control. It's just when we're talking about scenes, I love that these scenes tie in with the theme of what the what the movie's actually saying. That's that's what makes this so great. The more that I think about it, yeah. And I I just want to shout out this cast, like like uh, Gabriella Bell. I mean, you said it. Like he's so good. He literally mm -hmm. does look like Spiel, young Spielberg. It's uh, weird. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> it's very good. Paul Dano, I do not think is getting enough love. I mean, I think he's incredible in this movie. And I think he delivers one of the best performances in this film. I just like, I love his character. The way that he's accepting of, of this situation and still being loving and still trying to hold on. He's he's almost the opposite of Sammy, where well, not even the opposite. He's almost exactly like Sammy, where you know he's trying to control a situation that he absolutely can't control. And and I think that, and then at the end you see him finally relinquish it, and just as like you know you got to do what you have to do. And and his mother is 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 in that same way where she's trying to you know, let go of something that she actually wants, but for the sake of her family. And she's like, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's too much. And I, Michelle Williams, come on, like, <laughs> come on. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic performance. Um, we've already talked about Judd Hirsch, who was great. I did not know Julia Butters was in this film, who is, probably one of the most gifted child actors of, of like 
my lifetime. Like she's been yeah. in like 30 films at this point. Like, I don't know. She's incredible. Julia Butters is fantastic. I did not even realize that was her. People like, will know her best from Once Upon a Time Once in Hollywood. Upon a time like in that Hollywood, that yeah. scene with DiCaprio. Like this yeah. is the back to acting. Just such a charming scene. Yeah. <laughs> Memorable scene in that movie. And like yeah. she has one of the greatest lines in this film. Uh after the, the after they announced the divorce, she says like she all she's talking about her mom and she's like, you know, she always laughed at uh at uh what's his name? Uh Seth Rogan's character, Benny's jokes. But that was her best audience. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like that's that's just such a great line. There's so many like great moments throughout this film, but the actors carry this so well, so well. And we, we mentioned Sam, um, Sam Reckner as Logan. Fantastic. Um, is this the best that Seth Rogen is ever going to get? <laughs> is this <laughs> and I'm like and I'm like, is this know, his gift? <laughs> he, he's he's great it's not like a standout performance he's not yeah. like you know saying amazing but like yeah like for for seth rogan for what he normally does yeah this being is, in a spielberg movie right yeah, like this is <laughs> as a very understated performance i think he kills it uh um, yeah yep like and i can't get her name but uh uh his girlfriend what was her name uh monica chloe east is the actress yes chloe east incredible incredible job that scene where she's it's like you know we should pray together <laughs> it might have been the most let laugh. jesus enter you yeah <laughs> yeah just <laughs> laugh out loud funny moments i swear to god it was I, that had me in tears it was but so she's funny. so likable though it's it's so not she's likable. not just she's just very likable and the, the way that she smiles and just her again her free spirit her sincerity like, yeah really can, comes through in that scene and it's just like wow <laughs> like like but yeah I, I i think the cast is excellent here like really really excellent um well i do want to like we said let's let's talk i want to know what you guys feel about the 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 parental dynamic ugh. in the movie i just thought so, again <laughs> go go for it yeah yeah actually that's one of the things I want to mention, uh, one okay. of my uh, probably one of my favorite scenes is when the mom looks at Sammy and goes, "You don't owe anyone your life, mm. not even mm. me." Mm. And mm. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like I got, <laughs> I like started crying. I was mm. like, "Because uh, like for me, my mom was always like that too, and she was very much like, you know, once you're you're of age." it's your decision to make. I, you don't owe me anything. You don't owe anyone anything. I've done and my job. So I, I really appreciated that because um, I was fortunate enough to have a mom who's like that. But a lot of people are not, you know, mm -hmm. do not have someone like that. And, you know, um, I think it was very different from the way the dad saw the dad wanted him to go on to college and have these expectations. Mm -hmm. But the mom was a very free spirited person you know, and very selfish in a way, but also um, supporting whatever he wanted to do, you know. The way that that's telegraphed from the very first scene, when they're trying to yes. explain to Sammy the movie, and yes. all, it, that's when you get your first shots of Paul Dano. That's when you get your first shots of Michelle Williams, where they're trying to explain what the movie's going to be, and it shows Bert, and he's like, 
this is because this is happening. It's projecting at this kind of frame rate. And your brain thinks all this. He's approaching it from the engineer, like the logistical purpose uh -huh. of it, right? And then it moves over and then Mitzi takes over. She's like, you're going to feel things. You're going to be transported. And so that tells you exactly what their characters are. But it also tells you who Sammy slash Spielberg will become. Uh -huh. Because he's got Spielberg. I was talking to my wife and saying that Spielberg's got the technical side. He knows how to make a movie. Uh -huh. But then there's also him feeling it, like we mentioned before, like his innate ability to capture things on screen, even though he doesn't know how he's doing it himself. It's just something that he does. And that's threaded through the whole movie. And you can see, again, like we talked about, them pulling at that. Uh -huh. And I love that Bert is the engineer. He's the logical one. And Mitzi is the free spirit. And you can tell that they love each other, but they just can't connect because those two sides are never going to meld with each other, right? Again, it's like the Logan-Sammy scene. It's like, yeah, they're getting along, but there's something that's not quite there, even though they're trying to understand it. I like the part where Bert is telling Sammy, I know you've got your war movie, but I need you to make the camping video and put it together. Uh -huh. And Sammy pushes back a little bit. He's like, no, I need you to do this. Something is wrong, and I don't know what to do, but uh -huh. this will help. Right. And then later when they're driving to California, whatever, and, and Mitzi has to get out and Sammy goes and follows her. And she's like, all I can tell you is I'm going to keep being your mom. I'm going to keep being Bert Fableman's wife. I'm going to keep being his wife because that's what's expected of me, even though she and but she still can't fight it again. It's, it's the characters. Those two are Sammy melded. It's Spielberg melded. And so mm -hmm. I love, like you said, Phoenix, the part of the end where, where Bert is like, I probably should have stamped this out. This last, I should have stamped this out with you early, but I, this is what you love. And he finally says, you know, he looks at the pictures of, of Mitzi and, um, um, gosh, I keep forgetting Seth and Benny, right? Yeah. And he looks at the pictures of him and says, and finally he's like, you know what? If you don't like being at school, don't go to school. I'm not oh. going to be the one. To and they both have that scene, Zach, oh. like you talked about when she says, you don't know anybody in your life. That's her closing scene to let you know that they've, kind of uh, mended their bonds. And it's the same thing with Bert. They've mended their bonds. Like they understand each other to the end where Sammy goes and talks to uh, John Ford at the end. And it's just a fun scene at the end where, oh. where you get this, you know, where's the horizon? Like, you, oh. you know, if, if you have it up above, it's interesting. If you have it below, it's interesting. If it's in the middle, it's boring as shit. You know? <laughs> Which David Lynch doing a perfect John Ford. Perfect. If you've never seen John Ford interview. I just, I love it. And hearing Spielberg talk about that, that's exactly how that meeting went. That's exactly how Spielberg in the interview says that it went. But that last scene, when you're able to get all the bullshit out of the way, when he reconciles with his mom and his dad and he's set and he goes... And now it's going to be, I'm on Hogan's Heroes. I'm going to move up. I'm going to do Night Gallery. I'm going to start making these movies. I've met John Ford who's given me the best <laughs> you know, advice in my life. That's like the capper of, yeah, I've reconciled all these things and now I can move on. And man, that last shot when it's it's too uh -huh. low or whatever, then it moves back up. Uh -huh. Oh, so funny. It's so charming. And it's uh -huh. just, yeah. I just, I love the the parental and the dynamics. I loved how he uses his, his sisters, which is what, what happened in real life. Um, the girl that plays, um, uh, I can't remember, I can't remember, it's, it's Reggie, or maybe it's Julia Butters, yeah, and Spielberg in real life, she's a screenwriter, she um, co-wrote Big with Tom Hanks, wow. the movie with Tom Hanks in it, and they, she was going to write this screenplay when it was first gesting in 99, but like, so I, I love how all that stuff's tied in, it's so, I don't know, it, it's it's heartwarming, even though it's it's kind of tears you apart at the same time, it's, yeah. did you guys feel that that was real is that part of the, the realness of the movie for you the, 
listen, the, the parental dynamic is to me, like when I, when I came into this, the only thing I had heard about this movie was that it's about Spielberg's love of movies, right? And that like, and how he became who, who he is. That's what I heard constantly, nonstop. So like to come into this movie and see like, it's also about this family dynamic, about how his parents were two totally different people and with two totally different ideologies and how that shaped and formed his life. And then there's this tragedy surrounding his family. I was just like, to me, that was the just the most brilliant part of this screenplay is like, yeah, we got the fun loving stuff about making movies and, and the fun that that can be. But this story of two people who are so different coming together and and having to separate because they can't connect on that level that to me was just the the that was more than the cherry on top that was the whipped cream the, the cherry <laughs> and the sprinkles like it yeah. was that like i was just like yes and like i loved these characters i cannot stress enough how much i loved paul dano and michelle williams dynamic it was just effortless it really 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 worked they each had fantastic scenes that really like showcase their characters and what they meant to each other what they meant to their family uh just uh like like the <laughs> it was so good so so good and i 100 agree with you zach that last line that she says to him you don't owe me your you don't owe anyone your life what like like that <laughs> is so crazy good because i'm like I know, I know parents, we've seen parents who are really attached to their, to their kids, who want their kids to, to be what they want them to be. And there was sort of that dynamic with, with Paul Dano's character, with Bert, where he wanted his son to follow in his footsteps. He wanted him to do what he did. Because like you said, you know, people, your family wants you to be practical. They want you to have something that you can fall back on that helps you take care of your family. And there's, then there's just that. Whereas art is more freeing and it's more, uh, it's it's less stable. So you know people are are always sort of uh, unsure or weary about that because they don't think you'll be able to take care of your family. Very few people make it in art. They think you'll you'll die homeless and a bum and you know things like that. <laughs> so there's that worry. And you you had his mom who was like, you know, even even if that is the case you have to live your life. You have to live your life for you. And I just thought that dynamic was so brilliant and so well, well done. And like I said earlier, he's, he does a great job of, of telling that's, that feels like showing. And then he, but he also masters the idea of showing and not telling. So like both, both of them are used expertly well throughout this film. And it just, it just comes together in such a brilliant, brilliant, fascinating way. It's the, uh, with Mitzi, I, I like that she has the, she's what, the, a pianist, right? She's never able yeah. to really fully uh, grab onto that dream. So the way that she sees in Sammy, like he has this dream and when she pushes it and like feeds, feeds his desires to do this thing. And yeah, Bert, like you, uh, the scenes are charming, you know, where they're shooting the, the Western scene and his dad is sitting in the bed, like fanning, like the, he's part of it, like fanning the wind and stuff like that. And 
I, I like that he supports it, even though he thinks it's a hobby. That still comes mm -hmm. up again. That's a through line that goes through the whole movie. It's like he supports him, but this is a hobby. Like, are you serious about this? To the end, it's like, I guess you are. Like, it's time for me to stop. It's time mm -hmm. for me to stop doing this to you. Like, and it's the same. I don't know. It's yeah. there's just so when you guys talk about that line, you don't know anybody in your life. It's so simple. <laughs> it's such a simple line, line, but it's like so profound that you can keep thinking about all the things it means in your life. Oh. And so I, it's, that's the thing. It's not subtle at all, but it's so subtle at the same time. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I also like the, dynamic between Sammy and his mom in the beginning is um, he realizes like the sister mentions at the end is the reason he's so pissed off with her is because she's so much like him in so many ways mm. and it's the parts he doesn't like about himself mm. and he knows that and I thought that was that was really cool the way that he captured that in the mo this movie yeah no that that was absolutely true uh, and that's again why I love julia butters like come on she's she got some of the best lines here like like i don't know how old her character is supposed to be in this movie but like she's very observant you know what i'm saying and she's very almost the more mature one out of out of all the kids you know what i'm saying where she's like they're walking to school and they're arguing she's like hey why don't we like you know <laughs> like table this for when we get home and just like not bring it out into the world i was just like okay like she's like like <laughs> way to take charge little sister like I, <laughs> I i love that like just an incredible incredible character um but yeah but they have that they have that connection that's the thing i like too when it's her and sammy talking and you know he says you're just as selfish as she is right, right. and then he she she goes off but he's like look before you go can you sit with me and, and watch this movie and before i show it to everybody can you watch it with me and she comes and sits and puts her head on his shoulder and it was like oh mm -hmm. <laughs> like she's they, they she has agency and she's not just a background character she's, so yeah. she is observant about these things but they're also i don't know you, there's just so much love in this family even though they're facing hard times and that that really comes across it's so hard to do and it's, it's so subtle but it's so in your face at the same time again i'm gonna keep saying that but it's like it's just a good mix of things it, it, it all works for me yeah all right so we we wax poetically it's time to <laughs> it's time to put it in 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 perspective zach what is your final rating for the fablemans my final rating is going to be five stars. Um, I don't think it deserves anything less than five stars out of five. Nice. Darren, where are you at? Uh, so, like I said, this movie is still permeating, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's a five, but as of right now, I don't know where it ranks with my other favorite Spielberg movies. I don't know where it ranks with, like, again, this is, like, what, the, the 70th, like, <laughs> autobiographical director as a main character. You got, um, I have a list here, like, 400 Blows, Armor Corps, Family, Fanny and Alexander, Crooklyn, Spike Lee mm. movie of all things, Almost Famous, Lady Bird, uh, Rona, not Rona, Roma, that just came mm -hmm. out, Minari, Belfast. So this is, like, the umpteenth version of that. I don't know how it compares to that, how well it compares but this is definitely at least a four. As of right now, there's there's so much going on. I don't know quite, like I said, where it ranks, but it might bump up to a five. I don't think it's ever going to go lower than a four. I just think that there's still things to, to think about here. And maybe that's, again, like I said, that's a sign of a great movie that I'm still gonna, I'm still thinking about it and still going to be thinking about it. But as of right now, I think I'm going to settle on a four just because I'm not quite, a, I'm, my brain quite, isn't quite a 
fixed on where it's Whoa. supposed to be. Does that make sense? It's too fresh in my mind right now. It's like ask me in fresh. a week. Yeah. yeah, it might it might change. But it's wow, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. So like I said, like I am so impressed with how this film brought me into it with the simple fact that it has nothing that specifically relates to me outside of outside of just a love for filmmaking. Um and yet there was so much that I connected with so many characters who I just loved and appreciated. Uh, and when it ended, like the smile on my face, like I didn't even realize I was smiling. I was just like, the second it said, you know, directed by Steven Spielberg, I was just like, cheese, you know, it was just like, <laughs> like, you know, just full of cheese. That was just the, it was just so well done. And as a package, I was just like, that movie is so pleasing to me you know what i'm saying like it doesn't have to be the best movie ever but as a just a, a thing that just gave me warmth comfort and understanding i loved it so very much so for me it is also a five-star movie um I, I i thought about it and i was like you know like i was sort of in the mix like is it a four you know what I'm saying is this gonna be the movie that i remember for decades yada yada but I was like, it doesn't really have to be. As as a movie that just, I was so incredibly satisfied with. It it it, it hits all the markers. So for me, one hundred percent five stars. Uh, yeah, absolutely loved it. Good. All right. So that's our thoughts on the Fablemans. Uh, please let us know what you guys thought of it. You can find us on Twitter and uh, Instagram at FilmCoPod and let us know your thoughts all right so we are going to move on now to what's good gentlemen what have you seen and what would you recommend zach what do you got so I've seen a lot of movies this week. There's been like six or seven that dropped this week. So uh, the one I'm going to recommend is The Inspection. Um, that movie was so beautiful and also very humanistic. And it, it just has a lot to say. And I think that I've seen some of the ratings on it. They're kind of low, surprisingly, like three, but... Uh, after seeing that movie, I would definitely say it's much, much higher. Than, um, and I think that it's um, over everything else I've seen this week. So um, that would be my front runner next to the Fablemans um, for the movies that dropped recently. So uh, not not overall, but for this week. Yeah, I would definitely go see that if you haven't seen it. Nice. All right. Darren, what do you got? Well, I don't know if it's so much of a recommendation. Again, I got to say it for the Fablemans. Like, I don't get a chance to go out and see new movies. So I, uh, I I both appreciate and blame you guys for going out and actually <laughs> being able to watch a new movie. I don't get a chance. I've got, like, Glass Onion I want to go see. There's a bunch of others that I want to go see. But a lot of my time I just spend watching, like, and thinking about things that I've already seen. But I don't know. I, I tweeted about this. Um, I didn't mind She-Hulk so much. Like, well, I finally decided I'm not a Marvel person anymore. I used to be, and it's hard for me to get back into Marvel. And so all the discourse and the pushback against She-Hulk, I just decided my wife had to go to, a, a, a like, an activity, like an overnight activity. And so I decided I'll just binge the show and just get it over with. It's only half an hour. But the thing is, my daughter sat with me, who's who's 
17. She sat with me and she's never sat with me to watch things. Mm -hmm. So I sat with her and we watched the whole show and I just thought that it was good for, again, I don't, like I said, I don't know if I can recommend it. I just thought that it wasn't bad. Like, this is fine. Like what's, what's everybody's problem with this movie? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's great and everything, but I just like having that connection with my daughter that she sat with me and we watched this to the point where she's funny because she'll like uh, notoriously we watched the dark Knight and she was into it, but she got toward the end, right at the end when she, he's the Joker's about to have the final battle with Batman. And she's like, I'm tired. I got to go to bed. So she just shuts off. Right. So we got to the, before the daredevil episode of She-Hulk, she's like, I got to go to bed. And so I finished it. But then the next day, which surprised me, she goes, Hey, let's finish watching those She-Hulk episodes. So it, she liked it in a way that it made her want to watch it with me. And so I just thought that was a good, you know, kind of experience. So I'm grateful to finally getting back into Marvel. Like that, that's what I got back into. Like she Hulk <laughs> sat down with it, but it's like, it's fine. You know, the Tatiana Maslany's great. Like having Charlie Cox in it, Daredevil. Great. Like I just thought it was, it was fine. So I'm just of the, I'm at the age right now where I can't hate things too much. <laughs> Unless it's Jurassic World Dominion. I oh, can't hate oh, things. <laughs> but I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting reaction from me watching this thing that I didn't really want to watch to begin with. And then was like, what's the what's everybody's problem with this? It's fine. And then being able to sit with my my uh, beloved daughter and, and watch these things. It just meant something to me. So that's yeah. kind of a recommendation for feeling, I guess. That's much a show. It's great. Like it, It's amazing how having daughters will make you appreciate things a lot more. So like uh like Boss Baby too. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I watched that with my daughters and now I'm like, you know what? This is the greatest movie of all time. Uh <laughs> but um for me, I'm going to recommend another movie that I actually watched with my daughters. Uh so uh the new uh Disenchanted uh recently oh. dropped on right. uh Disney Plus. So because of that, we went back, I went back and watched Enchanted for the first time. Uh, with Amy, the Adams. good one. Yes, the yes. good one. <laughs> it was so good, like so good, so cute, so adorable, so silly, and yet so like intentional. Like it, it works on like so many levels. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious. It's a great fish out of water story. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then it, you know, obviously, you know, if you got a musical number in your film, you're going to win me over. Like this is all it takes, people. <laughs> like, so like that's all the fablemans was missing <laughs> right like that's all it needed and it would have been like seven stars but like like yeah i adored this film it was so charming uh of course okay. you got you know patrick dempsey in there just being attractive that's just all he has to do uh, <laughs> amy He's adams yep. you know what I'm saying? amy adams and you had adina menzel like so it was just fantastic all around i loved it i'm actually interested to see disenchanted now but i i haven't heard good things but we shall see not but, the same movie nope yeah <laughs> so like there you have it enchanted she hulk and the inspection that's quite a mix of films <laughs> if you get around to checking those out uh let us know so that's what's good from us here at film code okay this week we did not have a code word because it was a holiday week uh but we want to thank Dara for coming on so we're just we're just gonna add a point to the guest list just just <laughs> because you're here we thank you we appreciate it and uh yeah we'll we'll hopefully next week we'll be back with a code word but I did want to ask because we didn't touch on it during uh our review but uh what are the Oscar prospects you think 
are available for the Fablemans. Zach, definitely, definitely, yeah. Go, sorry, Zach, go for it. Yeah, best picture, mm -hmm. best director, mm -hmm. uh, lead actor. Mm -hmm. Um, wait, lead, act, there, lead actor some... for Gabriel Labelle or for Paul Ga Dano? Gabriel Labelle. Ooh, okay. Um. Watch the Academy give Paul Dano the best actor and give him the best supporting <laughs> actor. Seriously. But isn't, is Paul Dano, he's considered a leading actor in this? He's not I, supporting? I would consider him a lead actor, but may, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not 80 years old. Uh, I don't know how the Academy works. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, and I think. Like I could say supporting actor and actress, but I really just I don't even know where those would go. Like <laughs> there's so many. Like for supporting actress, um, definitely. Um, oh, I just had the name in my head, Michelle Williams. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought she was fantastic. Um, and then Paul Dano, of course. If he I, if he's considered supporting, I would go with supporting for him. Um. I would say cinematography, even. Dennis Kaminsky. Some man. of the like some of the way things that they did with it. Yeah, there's a lot here. Yeah, I to feel me, like they could potentially win an Oscar. Yeah, to me, this is like a ten or eleven nod kind of film. Um, like uh, I I would definitely say best picture, director, uh, actor, actress, um, supporting actor, uh. Screenplay, definitely screenplay is in there. Cinematography is in there. Uh, I think even costume design could get a nod just for the recreations of the uh, older West pictures, you know what I'm saying? Western pictures that they did. Um, their score, obviously, it's John Williams. So, like, that's almost without question. Um, yeah, like, those are just a few, like, off the top of my head where I'm like, this, that, this movie has a shot at not just getting nominated in all of these, but potentially winning, like, I would say a handful of them. Darren, what about you? Well, I think definitely Michelle Williams is a lock. Um, if anything, I think Judd Hirsch is a lock just for coming in and just owning the scenes that he's in. Paul Dano, if anything, he might... Again, my thing with the Oscars is it's not really about so much deserve as what's popular or what the the consensus is at the time. So I don't know if like Paul Dano is just going to be overlooked because his performance is so subtle. I don't know if Gabriel LaBelle is going to be nominated because he's just starting and he might have a future. So they might want to come back to him later and give him the honorary Oscar when he stars in his own like set of a woman type movie like <laughs> or something like that. But like Michelle Williams, definitely a lock screenplay lock. Spielberg's obviously going to get a best director nomination yeah. for this because it's Spielberg, no matter what he directed, what he directs, he's going to get a nomination unless it's ready player one. Yeah. You know, he's going to get a nomination <laughs> for it. So those are definitely the front runners here. And again, Michelle Williams is so strong. There are parts of her performance. I'm like, where is she pulling this from? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's, it's, she's processing a lot. So, yeah. It's weird that they pushed her into lead actress because I'm like, she's definitely supporting. Like, you know, like, like after seeing it, like, no, she, she should definitely be in the supporting category. Um, like maybe she's in lead because she's like the lead. She's actually the lead female on the on the card, but her performance is a supporting performance. So I thought it was weird that they're putting her in lead. But yeah, when I say like I'm not 80 years old again, it's the, like the Academy <laughs> has 
a mindset that they approach things from all the members. And so our idea of supporting actor is going to be different from what their idea of supporting actor is. You know what I mean? Like Phoenix, we just talked about Whoopi Goldberg. Like that is the best supporting actress win for Ghost Mm -hmm. because that's what it is. But like, you never know. Like it, Michelle Williams is supporting because she's supporting the main character, the protagonist, but they'll probably nominate her from lead actresses because it's Michelle Williams and she's the lead actress of the actual movie. So I I never know. I I can't think of that. (laughs) You guys are weird. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, okay. But, (laughs) but yeah, so I think it, again, fantastic uh i do want to know uh does this film and this may be too early for you darren but like (laughs) does this film crack your top 10 spielberg if we're if we're talking about like the person like i mentioned at the beginning like Mm -hmm. my top spielberg movies are going to be the ones that affect me most personally Mm -hmm. i mentioned that my my i didn't like I thought in my head, holy shit. But the part where he's talking, the mom says control. And that's what he's trying to get out loud. I said, oh no, <laughs> because I was like, it's this early in the movie and it's already got me emotionally. How am I going to end this movie? You know what I mean? So right. just the fact that it has, I felt the stronger bond to Spielberg in that moment that I've ever had. And so that's going obviously to tie in. I just don't know. I know it, it'll end up in my top 10. I just don't know where it'll end up in the top 10 nice because he's got so many indelible movies i've just got to figure out but i've got time like i'm gonna have time to let this gestate you know what i mean so so (laughs) it'll definitely it'll it'll be in there it's just a matter of when and where zach what about you i don't have a list of top 10 um i haven't really sat and thought about it um i would say probably yes if i've had to go based off the ones i've seen um I personally didn't care for the Jurassic franchise personally. <laughs> that's just me. Um, but no problem there. Yeah, that's know, great. Uh, I did like West Side. <laughs> I did like West Side Story, um, and there are a few others there too. I I can't think right now that I've seen. I, but I probably would say this would be in my top ten from the ones I've seen. So yeah, and yeah. from the conversation that we just had about it, why wouldn't it be? You know right. what I mean? So much, yeah. so much to parse out. It's it's interesting to me because I'm like, this is a this is a filmmaker who's done every genre imaginable, and like, I I just I love so much of his work. Um, I I think this would just barely make my top ten. Well, <laughs> like just barely. Because you have things like Saving Private Ryan, Catch Me If You Can, Jaws, Schindler's List, mm. uh, Minority Report for me, Lincoln, Color Purple, mm. AI, uh, Amistad, Empire of the Sun, like maybe. <laughs> so maybe it's there, maybe it's just on the edge out. But like, yeah, there's so many incredible things. And I didn't even mention E.T. or Jurassic mm. Park or any of the Indiana Jones films. So like, yeah, like dude's got quite the filmography. <laughs> like, like, but yeah, I think this is definitely up there for me. So if it's not top 10, it's definitely like top 12. <laughs> like, <laughs> top 11, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go ahead and get up out of here, guys. Thank you once again, Darren, so much for joining uh, us. And uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, again, just on Twitter, as long as there's a Twitter. <laughs> you can find me at DW Lundberg. We talked about this last time. 
just we're we've got our fourth season going where we're tackling 90s movies phoenix you were just on for our ghost episode like i mentioned it was a great conversation with you as always and so we're just chatting about movies that that mean something to us right now and meant something to us as kids and how we're, we're different now and so like the fablemans tying that and it's a movie that feels very nostalgic and it's going to mean something different years from now and so yeah that's where you can find me um guys like i love coming on this show <laughs> i've been on the show twice and it's just like i can't wait to come on again i i I can't tell you how much I appreciate, and this is me blowing smoke, I can't tell you how much I appreciate being able to come on and talk about a Spielberg movie. This is the first podcast since I started podcasting that I was able to talk about my favorite filmmaker. So I can't tell you how much that means to me and that the, the, you guys let me choose this one. So yeah, I, I love you guys. Hopefully one day I'll be able to meet Brandon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll have a conversation from there. So. <laughs> absolutely and zach let everybody know where they can find you sir uh you guys can find me on twitter at zach sneath that is z-a-c-h-s-n-e-a-t-h and you guys can find me on letterbox at z sneaks and you guys can find me on twitter at i-m-h-o reviews one that's the number one and on letterbox under pa cloudin and i also now have a hive so you can find <laughs> me on i-m-h-o reviews there as well and uh if you guys please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at FilmCoPod, and we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace. Bye.